0: When you stand underneath a tall tree, you probably aren't thinking about the person who planted the seed. But years ago, someone took a tiny seed, planted it, and waited for it to grow. With the branches high above you, it's easy to forget that something so big started out so small. When I was young, my parents, David and Stephanie Puluski, were really hungry for God. For the record, they aren't pastors or church planters. My mom was working as an administrator, and my dad is an engineer. They simply were looking for God with all their hearts. They started a small prayer group, and it turned into a full-blown revival. Here's Stephanie and David Pulaski.
1: And miracles started breaking out everywhere, all over the place, shocking things. Some, sometimes I tell people, and if they don't know me, they I don't even think they believe me, for
0: real. <laughs> so we saw things that yeah, so our when you eyes, say it happened
2: in the barn in your backyard. Yeah,
0: yeah. In the midst of that revival in our backyard barn, God called David on a trip to Peru, where he traveled to an unreached tribe in the Amazon jungle— There, he saw the great need for better tools to share the gospel with remote, unreached groups. When he came back, David began developing solar power technology that could be used by missionaries, things like audio Bibles and lightweight video projectors. That venture grew into a ministry called Renew World Outreach. We have outgrown the barn. Now we have our own office and warehouses. Renew has sent out thousands of audio bibles, backpack projectors, and other technology to equip thousands of missionaries and organizations all over the world. Millions of people around the world are hearing the gospel in their heart language for the very first time because of this technology. So where did it all begin? The story of Renew Outreach began years before the barn and thousands of miles away in the former communist country of Albania.
2: I am your masterpiece to do your deeds, you created me, oh, I am your masterpiece, my God. I am your master plan and I bring the kingdom of the Son of
0: Man, oh, I am your master plan, my God. Welcome to episode one of the 210 series. My name is Amanda Pulaski. In this series, we will be telling three different stories of people who were all faced with an opportunity to be obedient and say yes to God, and we'll hear how these stories converge together. But this isn't just a story about these people. This story is about you, too, and what God wants to do when you say yes to Him. In this episode, we'll be hearing the story of my parents, David and Stephanie Pulaski, and the untold beginning of Renew Outreach. Let's start before I was born. David and Stephanie both felt called to those unreached with the gospel. They met when they were 15 years old and remained friends for years while Stephanie lived as a missionary in the Dominican Republic and David pursued a career in engineering. Eventually, they got married and settled into a pretty typical American life. But then there was a wake-up call. Stephanie lost her 26-year-old sister, her best friend, to a rare cancer. It was shocking, and the tragedy made them realize that something needed to change. We were just
1: so, so sad, and but something came to mind. We don't, none of us has a guarantee about tomorrow. No one knows. My life is not my own. We both came to this conclusion. That's true,
2: we had an option at that yeah. point. And that option was, do we live the life, the American dream, even worse, get bitter, blame God, or, We could just give our lives up and go after it and just say, God, how can we serve you? And so we chose door two to follow Jesus with all our hearts.
0: After the death of Stephanie's sister, David and Stephanie began to ask God where he wanted them to go. One day when they were visiting David's parents' house, Stephanie felt prompted from the Lord to look at the National Geographic magazine on the coffee table. She had a sense that the country they were supposed to go to was featured inside that magazine. And I was like, where is
1: the National Geographic? And I picked it up and I opened to the center and it just said, Albania opens the door. And I shut the magazine. Same thing you would
2: pray. Because
1: I didn't I didn't really want to go there. So I didn't say anything. I shut the door. Mm, mm, I put it back on the table. And David picked it up.
2: I forgot. And that. he
1: said, this <laughs> is where
0: we have to go. I just I knew, knew it. it. As soon I as it I saw in my it, I knew we yeah, were
2: supposed yeah. to go there.
0: It might seem like Albania was totally random. But actually, years earlier, Stephanie had heard about Albania and the communist regime that wiped out all the Christians there.
1: Albania had been like a prison country mm-hmm. for 50 years, and they didn't know how many believers were left, if, if there were any, more than a handful. And when I heard that, it was so shocking to me that I just fell on my knees. I remember, and I was crying, and I said, Lord, mm-hmm. like that's just not fair. Open the door to Albania. It was just the cry of my heart. I must
0: have been 19 or 20 years old. When Stephanie and David saw that headline in the National Geographic magazine, they knew it was the answer to her prayer so many years ago. They agreed that God was calling them to Albania and decided to join a team from Youth of the Mission, or YWAM. They went to a DTS, the Discipleship Training School, at the YWAM base in Kona, Hawaii. What they're getting from DTS and getting taught is, yeah, listen to the Lord, obey, and don't give up. And that God can do wild,
1: miraculous things.
0: That's our friend Dax Fears, who currently directs YWAM's initiative called End Bible Poverty Now. He's based in Kona, where my parents did their DTS. YWAM is a bridge, an easy on, easy off. Uh, YWAMers that come and do their DTS will learn how to know God and make Him known, and then go to these different organizations or um, go and serve in other places in different spheres of society. After their DTS, my parents were ready to go to Albania, but there was a delay. Stephanie finds out she's pregnant with their first child, that's me. They decide to wait until I'm a year old before moving to Albania. In the meantime, they move to a plot of land in North Georgia where David's parents lived. They had this idea to plant lots of flowers and ground cover so they could come back to a thriving garden whenever they returned from Albania. So
1: we went down the road to this garden center, and we had our little baby. And lo and behold, they had a little baby. And so it was so fun. We had our baby, they had their baby, Mm -hmm. and they would give us advice and teach us how to grow things. And it was kind of something to do while we were preparing to go. We found this uh, little on sale, it was probably $3, a little tree, but it was basically a stick, and it was a weeping willow. And we got a, a few of these sticks, and so we just stuck those things in the ground, gave them a little water forgot about them.
0: And then our baby got to be 14 months old and we put her on an airplane, we went to Albania. The country had just reopened a few years earlier in 1990 after decades of communist rule. The nation was in complete shambles, literally. My dad carried me on his shoulders because there was broken glass everywhere. Many of our belongings were stolen. The hospitals were severely under-resourced and people lacked basic education about hygiene So my mom got a terrible case of fleas and I was constantly sick with a cold. My parents agreed that this was one of the most challenging times in their lives, yet they felt that God had called them there so they were determined to stay. David mainly worked with a team of engineers to renovate the school buildings while Stephanie was in charge of cooking for the team of missionaries. David would also go to remote villages in the mountains to preach the gospel. He didn't speak the language, so he brought a group of young Albanian teenagers as translators. The teenagers weren't believers at first, but David would teach them about Jesus so that they would understand what they were translating. He spent months visiting the mountains with these young people, teaching them the word of God and showing them how to follow Jesus. In 1995, after seven months in Albania, we came back to the US so my mom could give birth to my brother Josiah. We were planning to stay for only a short time, but while we were gone, Albania fell apart again.
1: We had this baby and then we turned on the TV and we saw CNN and Albania was going to war. They had a civil war. And within a half an hour, our mission base was stripped of everything.
0: Everything they'd worked for was gone. The school buildings David had renovated were completely destroyed. All of the YWAM missionaries fled the country and the programs to modernize the hospitals and schools fell apart. But something remained when everything else was gone. When we couldn't go back to Albania, we returned to that plot of land where my parents had lived before. But we didn't find the garden they had envisioned. Instead, something else was growing.
1: It was almost like Albania. All of our ground covers, nothing could tolerate the heat and the weeds. No, the weeds there took was a, the grass There wasn't took a single go. beautiful flower in our little Garden of Eden. But an amazing thing had happened. Those little sticks that we planted um, had somehow, their roots had reached water and those things were growing, those were weeping willows and we came home to trees. And so I realized, wow, we left Albania. What was left behind? What was there when all the flowers were gone and all the programs were gone? What was still there? Well, those, those people that were discipled Um, Some of them accidentally, by the missionaries and by David, they were still standing. They were like trees, and trees are so powerful.
0: They change the ecosystem under them. And just like those trees, those teenagers had grown up in their faith and had chosen to follow Jesus. Those teenagers that my dad had accidentally discipled, they remained there, faithfully following Jesus, planting churches, and making disciples. They were transforming their nation— those willow trees serve as a reminder that there are small seeds being planted in every act of our obedience and we have to trust that God will make them grow. My parents' time in Albania taught them how to obey God and trust him when things were difficult and didn't make sense.
2: Coming home from Albania, I we were mm-hmm. we were that burned out missionary couple. We were great with Jesus, but we were just tired. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. we worked so hard, you know, it was such a hard time. Why did this happen? And, and, and what, what did we learn from this? And we remembered sometimes God's more concerned about the path than he is getting to the destination. And he's more interested in the man or the woman and, and our progress and growth in relationship with Him than us accomplishing something. And I guess what I learned was it's the path that makes the man.
0: That path was one of fervently seeking the Lord through fasting and prayer. That path led to a revival breaking out in their barn and eventually led my dad to the Amazon. It would be more than 10 years before David would start developing the technology that became the foundation for Renew Outreach. But the lessons about obedience and trust that they had learned in Albania became the foundation for everything moving forward. Like I said before, this isn't just a story about David and Stephanie or about Renew or about the other people you'll meet in this series. This story is also about you and the seeds of obedience that God wants to plant through your life. You have a choice. Will you live your life the way you want, or will you give it all up and follow Jesus with your whole heart? This podcast is a production of Renew World Outreach. For more information, visit our website at renewoutreach.org.